You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Matt in beautiful, wintry Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> and this is Spencer in blustery fall like Boston, Massachusetts. Little guy, I'm feeling a weight lifted off my shoulders tonight. Yeah. Are you, are you experiencing this same feeling? Just I'm feeling a little freer, a little more alive. I'm feeling that. I am. It's like one weight came off, and then I was totally lying in the intro. The cold, oppressive weight <laughs> of winter is upon me. Uh-huh. I'm not going to lie. I'm not excited. I'm pissed. I feel like crap. I'm looking at my trainer, and I'm thinking, no, no, oh, it's no. It's too soon. <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to have to do it because I feel terrible. Just I'm hiding in the house, and I'm stuck. Yeah. It's tough, man. Yeah, but we have we have a certain... <sighs> We have a loose, a looseness about us tonight, a certain amount of freedom, like the shackles have been removed. Uh, Dad is not in the house. Uh, The kids are going to have a party. The kids are going to have a party. Yeah, this is this is the way you're going to feel. So (laughs) in a few months after you you ride 200 miles with Tim right behind you, every Uh bike ride after that, you are going to feel like like this. You'll feel like, whoa. He's not right there. Oh, God, that 200 miles. So basically, that's going to be punishment for whatever I do tonight now that Tim is not here on the podcast with us. So I need to make it count, little guy. Do it. Yeah. So what we came up with was uh, an advice sort of uh, idea where we we said, Tim's out of the room. The, the, The guy... Who's just going to give you bad advice? He's he's not here tonight. So everybody, write us, email us, tweet us, whatever. Get us your your questions that you need answered without all the Timisms uh, that are normally included with the Slow Ride podcast. And just you know, get down to brass tacks with me and little guy. And uh, okay, we got a lot of questions. We did get a lot of questions. I'm excited about a lot of these questions. Yeah. Um, We're going to dig into these on the second half of the show, but uh, we got to do the first part, um, which is all about the bike racing, uh, because that's what the people are here for. That's what they paid their entry fee to hear. And uh, we had quite a bit of it this weekend. Pan American Championship was crowned. A European Mm -hmm. Championship uh, uh, was crowned. Maybe an oceanic championship? I'm not sure. Nobody really know knows that. what happens on those islands. Um, but uh at least we know on the on the two important continents that uh that's not true. That um to the UCI anyway. Um mm-hmm. we had some championships for cyclocross crowned and uh we're gonna talk about them. What do you uh what do you wanna get into first? I want to jump right to Euros because that's what I know. Okay. That's what I watched. 
Uh, we had a good race on the women's race, but I think the real story, gotta go right to it, is that Matthew Vanderpool had to race people. The whole race. Yeah. He had people near him. The I, whole race. It I was haven't, crazy. I'll admit, I have not watched this race because I was out at, at our own bike races uh, today, so I didn't get to didn't get to see it. I pulled up the results briefly. Didn't didn't glance at it very long. Saw that uh, Matthew Vanderpool was the winner, yeah. and was like, "Oh well, whatever." Now that I'm looking at it more closely, I see that Ellie Ezerbeat was only three seconds down. He's right there. He's right there the whole time. It's it's the rare time that you can uh, know the results before you watch a race, but you will still be as entertained as you would have been if you'd watched it live. Because I and everybody else, we all knew Vanderpool was still going to win. Like, <laughs> I don't even think that was actually a question. I know the Powers and whoever else was doing the commentary were, were laying it on that maybe, yeah, whatever. Vanderpool was going to win. But... It's still really exciting that he had to he had to work for it. And I mean, yeah, he had to work for it. It was a great race. There was a point where there was Vanderpool and like 150 Belgians um, <laughs> just swarming, kind of swarming, kind of desperately trying to stay on his coattails. But still, you, you got to think a minute like there might be this moment when all the Belgians attack him, like left one, two, three, four, five. It didn't quite come to that, but it, it was still it was exciting. Yeah. And to, to cap the excitement, at least for me, my feed started to uh, slow down and digitize in oh. the last lap, which I could not believe. We've had, <laughs> what, three, four years without a race where there was a possibility of Vanderpool not winning. And right. then my, my screen freezes, a la 2015. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. The one... This is the one time I need this to go all the way to the finish. Like most yeah. of the time, yeah, it freezes the second lap. You turn it off. You go do something and come back later. Uh, you know, the, you pull up the replay. Yeah, he won. I know he won. It's great. It's great. Yeah, that sounds stressful, little guy. Um, I'm looking through these results and some other notable uh, uh, results here. Um, you know, Lawrence Swick in third. As as yep. on a big upswing as the Slow Ride podcast predicted uh, after the Trek uh, World Cup, so sure. not a huge surprise there. A little little surprising, maybe he didn't do better, considering the bump he should have got from us um, and the yeah. uh, the Minnesota hockey jersey that we gifted him uh, for finishing 16th there at uh, at Waterloo. But speaking of 16th place, Steve Chanel, how do you feel about that little guy? Oh, I'm very happy about that, obviously. Uh, we're obviously fans of Steve. He's also a very nice guy. If any, if anyone out there ever gets a chance to meet him, like we did in Trek, <laughs> at Trek in Waterloo, he's nice. He's funny. He's super hyper. Extremely I hyper. <laughs> uh, That's the best way to s- describe Steve Chanel. Um, he's like one of, probably of all the bike racers I've met, he's, he's the most... He brings the biggest smile to your face because he's just like a bundle of energy. He's pretty fun. Yeah. So 16th place at uh, at um, Euro Championships uh, bodes well for Steve Chanel. So we'll look for him uh, to churn in some results yeah. later in the year. Upswing for sure. Yeah, um, it was good. And then the, the women's race, that one uh, was kind of a nail-biter. Um, Eva Lechner yeah, giving... 
pretty good run for uh, Yara Castellan, um, who took the championship. Uh, Anne Marie yep. versed in third. I didn't watch it. Anything exciting there, little guy? Anything we need to know? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it got a little exciting in the last lap. Uh, I'll admit, uh, I didn't find it as exciting, and I was also making breakfast during it, so it was sort of like I'd look over, and it was like everyone was in the same spot, and I come back, and everyone was in the same spot, and everyone yeah. come in the same spot. It was so one the- of those races where every thirty seconds you'd peek at it, and you're like, well, it seems the same. So, wasn't understandable. That. The interesting thing that I was reminded of uh, looking at these results was that Eva Lechner was left out of Euros last year. Uh, really? The, yeah, they. Yeah. she wasn't there um, and kind of uh, proven a point. Yeah, uh, having sure. a good Having a good result. Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, in Italy. So point proven for sure. I didn't remember that she was left out last year. Wow. <laughs> Who? Why would they leave? Why? Who did they pick over? I don't know. All right. Somebody else, not us, (laughs) do that research. Send it in. That doesn't make any sense. I don't have answers for you. But what I do have answers for is uh, the the Pan American Championships held up in Midland, Ontario. Um, Beautiful northern country up there. Not really a winter wonderland. They kind of expected it. Uh, it might be a, a snowy affair, but um, it got a little, little moisture, a little damp, a little muddy, um, that and that good. allowed a surprise winner. Uh, everybody thought Curtis White had this thing in the bag because he's been going so well lately. Yep. Finished six seconds down to Kerry Warner, who is our Kerry new Warner. Pan Am champ. Well, I mean that if it's not going to be White. I've been watching them heat checks. I mean, it's it's those two guys back and forth. <laughs> it is. That's a um, spot. Um, that's cool for Warner. That's nice. Yeah, I it's like very that. good. Um, Stephen Hyde, another big uh, favorite, obviously the defending champ, uh, not finishing the race. So that, a little bit of a surprise. Um, second place from last year, Michael Vandenham, um, finishing in sixth. So... Come on, not mate, quite up Canada. there. Third place, though, rounding out the podium. Jamie Driscoll. Oh, maybe Jamie got confused because I think he's only supposed to get fifth. That's his. I mean, that's, that's nice to see. That's not that Driscoll's been bad or anything the last few no. years, but he no, hasn't it's been. been been a, f- a handful of years since he was I would feel a podium threat in these big races I mean you would think that but it's he's had he has the good results but they're so sporadic like yeah. who would have thought of it? he hasn't even made the heat check all year and then he shows up to Pan Am's and pulls off a podium yeah. like what's up with that Bill yeah. what's up with that yeah explain that Bill explain Maybe. that be Bill I don't know Driscoll's got such soft looking hair it's got to be something to do with that hmm. could be um that one was a, a bit of a surprise I guess uh with Warner um you know taking taking that jersey off of Curtis white and uh and keeping it off of uh, Stephen Hyde who's had it many times in the past uh but on the women's side um Megaly Rochette uh keeping hold of that jersey from last year over Clara Hansiger and Rebecca Ferringer, who was who had a great ride in, in third. Um, 
That one, uh, a little less, um, a little less tight of a race, let's just say. Well, it was a little more spread out there across the top three. Megaly dominating um, that race. So that was, uh, that was cool to see. And of course, there's U23s and juniors um, that I'm sure uh, Cyclocross Radio will get into in depth on on their show, which I'm not going to do here because we don't even know who any of these people are because we don't pay that close of attention. <laughs> um, I probably should have looked at the the the, the results because Minnesota's got a lot of good juniors. But I, oh, I will. I I, I do know uh, what you're getting at here um, in the junior men's race. You're looking for Mr. Nick Carter, yeah, uh, the guy who rides away from you in most local races. He did finish second place with a silver medal at Pan Am's. Nice. nice. Uh, All right. That's good. Losing out to Air- Andrew Strohmeyer uh, from the Crosshairs Devo team. So oh. Bill has several things to answer to now. Oh, Bill. What the? <laughs> I don't, man. All right. I feel like I just got stabbed in the back. It's yeah. Not like Nick's on my team, but I mean, I got to root for the local kid. Well, man, I don't know what to tell you, little guy. Um, man. really? Man. But, uh, in other cycle cross news, because I don't think there's any road racing happening, uh, right now, since the Japan cup has already happened and we are not to the preseason, uh, training races in Australia yet. Um, we had here in New England uh, a UCIC two race at the Northampton International. So that is a uh, like a race, basically track? in my uh, neck of the woods. Okay, how was that? It was pretty awesome. It's always a good event. Um, the racing they tweaked the course a little this year, um, shortened it a tiny bit, and it. It changed the dynamic of the racing a little bit. It was a lot more, uh, it didn't blow up as much. And there were big groups of like fours and sixes, like racing around, like a lot of little pack racing, little group racing, which is cool. Grass crit, man. I hate grass crits. It's not real cyclocross weather or something. I'm supposed to complain (laughs) about that, right? Sure. Do whatever you want to do. It's a pretty good course. Uh, it's got a little bit of everything. It's got some serious, uh, run-ups and uh and descents for the pros in the pro only lines but um the racing was good uh carolyn nolan winning both days uh on the women's side and um tobin ortenblad winning both days on the men's side in uh pretty hotly contested uh sprints sprint finishes and stuff on on pretty much every race it was pretty rad yeah Oh, that's fun. That makes for better spectating. Nice to see Tobin back up at the uh, yeah front of affairs also. Um, yeah, he's kind of had issues, so. Yeah, that was that was interesting to see. And uh, day one in particular, there was a, going into the bell lap in that men's race, there was a group of eight all together. Whew. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to see an eight up sprint for a finish yeah. of a UCI <laughs> cross race. This is crazy. And, stressful. Uh, it basically was a couple guys got dropped off. I think there were still five or six by the time they hit the line and, uh, it was Dang, pretty cool, really? but Tobin lit him up. <laughs> yeah. He's a fast sprinter. He's a super fast sprinter. Yeah. Yeah. So that was all the excitement. Uh, my weekend, uh, a little pit work, a little, little action, uh, you know, uh, on the, on that side of things for me. So that's, nice. that's what we're doing. 
I skipped all my bike races, op- all my bike race options. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm saving the legs. You know, I got states in two weeks. So I'm doing a little taper. So, then, hang uh, on. You skipped your bike races and you've yep. been staring at your trainer angrily, but not using mm-hmm. it in order yep. to taper for state championships. That's what, that's what I'm saying. In two weeks. Sure. I mean, part so, of me thought because <laughs> I didn't want to go do these races like uh, this weekend. And part of me thought it's two weeks to States. I should really just stay on it and make myself ride. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the only time I had, it was either really cold today and then snowing or raining yesterday. So I thought maybe I should ride the trainer. Couldn't bring myself to that. I would rather lose form, uh, you know, go eat a candy bar, uh, or something than, than ride the trainer yet. I can't do that. I, I'll have to do it eventually. Maybe not yet. You're- can't do it yet. You're a man of ethics, little guy, and I respect that. Um, but if you're a man of wanting results, you'd probably get on the trainer. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> okay. At this point, at this point, no amount of trainer time is going to change the result in <laughs> in two weeks, right? I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you can't turn things around that quick. So what you're saying is. Uh... I should stop designing the custom Minnesota state championship Jersey that I was working on for you. Yeah. I, I appreciate, I appreciate that you're doing that, but, um, yeah, you can just, you can just put that project aside. It's a, don't worry about it. It's a glorious rendition of the Minnesota state bird, the loon, uh, with just fistfuls of, uh, the Minnesota state flower, the lady slipper. Um, (laughs) Just keep, uh, keep naming Minnesota things. Yeah. Um, there's a little Paul Bunyan in blue ox in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, cool. There's some Northern lights kind of happening in the background. Oh yeah. It doesn't sound busy at all. No, it's, it's beautiful. It, I, I am working closely with primal wear to uh, get this thing going. It's, it's yeah. just going to be so good. Nice. So you, nice. you have well, to, you're going to have to hit that trainer. I think. Man, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> what more do I need to put on this jersey to get you on the trainer, little guy? Uh, nothing. <laughs> could make oh. me. <laughs> All right. Well, this thing's going in the trash bin then, I guess. All right. Whatever. Put it in the trash. I will get on the trainer. Uh, I'll get on the trainer to to train for Dirty Kanza, but I won't get on the trainer to, oh, to train. Interesting. The gauntlet is being thrown down. Uh, I think we're going to get a little deeper into this. Dirty cans of business that uh, Tim started a, a wildfire about, let's say, last uh, last episode um, after yep. the break here, because I, I feel like we need to get into this. And then we have so many, so, so many very good listener questions that we're going to need to address. These people, they need help. They need a lot of help. They need professional help. And we're here to give it to them. Totally. So we're going to we're going to go to the pre lap. Get this stuff out of the way and then uh, come back in and uh, do good. We're going to do a little good in the world. I'm Kerry Werner and you're listening to the Slow Rock Podcast. Spencer, who are we riding for tonight? Are we riding for works? 
We are absolutely riding for Works. Uh, Works Hydro Shot is worth sprinting to the line for every single time. And that's what we're doing here for this Supreme Lap. Uh, Works Hydro Shot is a portable power cleaner. Um, You can hook it up to any uh, water source that you have, whether that's your garden hose or a a five-gallon pail of water or a river or stream or pond or whatever, um, you know, the community pool, uh, whatever it is, it will pull the water from it. It will add uh, uh, three, what is it, 320 PSI's worth of uh, power uh, via the 20-volt or 40-volt battery, uh, depending on which one you get. And it will clean off your bike. It'll take all the mud off from uh, the Euro Championships that you rode. Uh, It will take all the mud off from the muddy Pan Am Championships that you may have rode this weekend or any other muddy race you've got coming up. And it will do it effectively but gently so as not to destroy all your di2 and your sram access wireless uh and blow the grease out of your bottom brackets uh because you know the ceramic bearings cost more than your power washer would yes it's 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 a it's a chicken and an egg situation because you have to clean your bike but you know cleaning your bike will wreck it if you use a power washer (laughs) and nobody wants to use a bucket and brush. We all think we do. We all buy the bucket and brush and then it just sits there and we don't use it. And so works came out with the perfect solution. The works hydro shot. Um, check it out. We've got a great deal going right now with works for 15% off of any works hydro shot, uh, product or accessories that includes the batteries and extra brushes and all that kind of junk that you might want. Uh, and you can find all this stuff at yourcleanbike.com. And if you use the promo code cleanbike, you will get yourself 15% off. And little guy, we've gotten Mm -hmm. so much good feedback on this product. It is kind of crazy. Yeah, kind of, but kind of not because it's a good product. Works well. I mean, got me compliments on a clean bike. So usually I just get made fun of. So (laughs) yeah, right there. That's, that's boom. Tells you well, you we, guy's got a, a making fun of worthy bicycle that did not get making fun of. It got compliments. <laughs> so that yeah. that's worth the price of admission, I'd say. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've got all kinds of folks out there using them and loving them, including a 15 time U.S. national champion, Katie Compton. Uh, Mark Legg and Katie are using their Hydra shot. They bought one um, on with their own money. Um, and they're using it and loving it. And so if it's good enough for them over racing in Europe on the world cup circuit and the super prestige circuit, the DVV or whatever they call that series. Now it's good enough for you. Come on. Um, anyway, your clean 15% off. If you use the code clean bike, little guy, That's true. Also we, sponsored. Yeah. By you, you're taking this one. Go ahead. Let's go. Well, Tim always gets to say it, but I get to say it now. That the <laughs> tingle is the miracle. Is that how it works? Yeah. There we go. The tingle is the miracle. Uh, you're going to ride your bike, even if you're on the trainer, like I might do at some point, In out of anger. I'm going to need extra tingly chamois cream to make that time yeah. on the trainer 
less painful. Why not, at least if it's emotionally painful, take away the physical pain, put on some really nice, uh, you know, uh, good for you, uh, chamois cream. Yeah. And of course you're talking about the miracle wrap, uh, made for us exclusively by Buckler skincare. Um, the folks over at Buckler have formulated some premium primo chamois cream, uh, exclusively with wide angle podium and proceeds will go to help out the network. So we really appreciate it. If you, Try it out. And uh, like little guy said, the, the tingle is a miracle. You're going to love it. And it's going to help you with your Dirty Kansas training or your Minnesota State Championships training, whichever one you're working towards. Yeah, I'm going to have to order in bulk for Dirty Kansas training. Um, <laughs> as I'm, you know, just like a pallet, I guess. Because 200 miles, I'm going to need to bring an like an extra one in my pocket. Yeah. Just to maybe reapply because... I don't think anything lasts for 200 miles, even, even a miracle. Maybe, uh, maybe you can fill up like a hydro pack, uh, with it and just sort of strategically send the little straw into the chamois <laughs> area and just sort of give the Terrible. pack a squeeze every time, every time you need uh, a free up. No, no, I don't even want to think about it. It's terrible. Okay. Well, don't think about that. I'm sorry to all the listeners. Do not think about that. Instead, think about <laughs> Heading over to bucklerskincare.com and checking out yeah. the Miracle Wap. We promise it won't give you nightmares. No. Send us your Rube Goldberg chamois cream applicating uh, device pictures, please. Uh, let's let's do it. Send them to little guy's email. All right. And our last sponsor for this Premlap is, of course, Grimper Brothers Coffee. We love the Grimper Brothers. I just spoke with Dan the other day. Such a good guy. Um, and they make two specific coffee blends uh, that support the Wide Angle Podium network, directly support the shows that you listen to, including ours. Uh, and that is the Full Schleck um, Light Roast Blend. And it is the Hello Cycle Cross Friends Espresso. And they are both super delicious. Dan does a great job. They roast them fresh every week and ship them out immediately after um, if you buy them. So head on over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee and that'll take you right to where you need to go to uh to pick up some coffee beans for yourself and uh and support the network at the same time indeed all right little guy we've got a lot of listener mail to get to so let's uh let's head back to the show let's do it Well, hey there, all you hosers. This is Manitoba Mike Vandenham from Canada, and uh, you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast, eh? All right, Spencer. There's a lot of good emails, but a lot of good emails. We got a lot of good tweets. Uh, we got some uh, people hitting us up on the Facebook group. Should definitely be on our Facebook group. Uh, it helps us out. It helps the Zuck out. You got to help the Zuck. He's in trouble. This is the uh, uh, the Slow Ride Podcast official e- fan experience zone on Facebook. Yes. Get uh, over there. Chat us up. Talk to each other. You're crazy people. But <laughs> the, I think one message uh, from Jeff Anderson. I think you need to read this email we got from Jeff Anderson. I think I think it's the best place to start our 
our our our mailbag here. Okay, let me uh, let me try and find this. I'll let one. you pull that up. I'll just make some music while you're doing. Do 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 do. Uh, okay. So Jeff says, "Dirty cans at two hundred. Tandem versus little guy. There has to be a roller derby prop to bet on this. A fiver of faith? Hell no." A Hunsky of Hope on the little guy? Go get him. I can't wait to collect. West Coast Jeff. Hey, thanks, Jeff. I'm 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 gonna do it. Thanks. This is the this is this is the kind of motivation I need to get on the trainer. I'm gonna pull up this email. Uh-huh. I'm gonna jump on the trainer. I'm gonna pound out the miles. A Hunsky of Hope. I like that's it. a lot of that's a lot of internet reputation on the line, little guy. Uh I think this pressure might get to you. Yeah. I I'm already a little nervous, but I got a lot of time. I can still procrastinate a little bit. And then so, I got to get on it. You think the amount of watts you can put out can equal or be greater than the amount of watts that Tim and I combined can put out? I don't I don't think your math is a uh, I don't know if well, my math is right either, but I think yeah, yours is worse. Hills, man, hills. You guys aren't going to go over hills very fast, but, um, oh man, I don't have it pulled up in front of you, but, uh, Davis sent us a really nice, uh, message saying that he has the ultimate, I believe, uh, tandem for you guys yes. to ride. Uh, yes. I believe there is a beam, a soft ride beam in the back for Timmy. Keep him nice and comfy. And he needs it. He, he's also offering, I believe, promising. Uh, Vanagon delivery, uh, in his Vanagon. So maybe the, the, the nicest message I've ever seen sent to us, uh, soft ride Vanagon delivery, you two goofballs on a tandem, me riding away from you. Uh, it's made me so happy. The whole package. It's really the only way I want it to happen. It is. It is a good package offering a burly Samba soft ride tandem for Spencer and Tim to ride that is music to my ears. Uh, he can deliver it to Kansas in the Vanagon, which is impressive uh, for multiple reasons. I mean, obviously it's going to fit inside a Vanagon because a Vanagon is so spacious and just a wonderful vehicle, uh, maybe yeah. the best ever invented. But I don't know if we can count on this little guy because what? No, it's we're being delivered in a Vanagon that gives it about a... F- 50-50 shot that it's going to make it there. Maybe. I've uh, seen his he probably van. has very nice. Yeah, he probably has a good number of parts under that rear bench, um, yeah. you know, for, for any sort of breakdowns, but it's still, it's iffy. Don't worry about it. So, one, I've seen his van. It's a nice van. Two, I don't remember what he does exactly, but I'm pretty sure he's some sort of engineer, like building spaceships <laughs> or something, or rockets. Uh-huh can fix a van again. And three, um, I'll just be circling in the vicinity of Emporia and my van again, full of parts, um, ready to assist. Okay. Need be. So you're on the call. So we got, we got this covered. Okay. Well, let's get into the, uh, let's get into the real questions here. Little guy, we've got a lot. Um, and we need to parse some of this stuff out for our fans. The first one is Minneapolis specific. 
Uh, so yep. I want to get into this one and I'm figure out uh, what the answer is here. He, this one comes from uh, Phil. A recent um, relocation to Minneapolis. Um, and he says, so you guys say to always wave. But seven months into living here, and no one waves back or says hello. What gives? So should we parse this out uh, a little bit? Um, We do say on this show to always wave to all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. And I wouldn't say that we, we say that necessarily because everybody always waves back. (laughs) (laughs) Anything like that example. You got to set it. Yeah. We're definitely trying to set the example and maybe it stemmed from us growing up uh, in the cycling scene in Minneapolis where not a lot of people did wave back and, and maybe our, our efforts are for not little guy. What do you think? Yeah, maybe. It is a little harder now. There's so many people riding now here, I mean, which is a great thing, but um, it's a little different than when there was like two people on the road every day, and you sort of almost had to say hi sometimes. So, is this, it, We're Minnesotans. We keep to ourselves. Well, yeah, there is the Minnesota nice thing, too, where we, we act very friendly, but we aren't actually friendly. So if, if you're just yeah. waving and passing, yeah, we might not. Um, is this a a fight we're not going to win, little guy? The waving thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> That's saying. a depressing answer. Now I was looking for a little <laughs> more fight out of you. Oh, really? Um, well, I think I think maybe I'm a little. I'm a, I'm I'm kind of in the same camp as him. So I don't get a lot of waves back anymore either. So. Right. Well, I mean, I'm there, the one Boston. who has to say it every single week. And, uh, you know, I, I like to think I'm doing good out there. So maybe uh, folks can let us know places. if, if yeah, if in their area people are waving. Because that would be a nice boost. Um, so first question out of the way, little guy. That was uh, that was kind of, a, kind of depressing. Um, let's hope the rest of these questions go a little better. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. I've got, got, I've got another one here. This is from a longtime listener, uh, Douglas evil Niper. Uh, he says, uh, Spencer and Matt with Tim out of the room. I'd like to ask you a prompt and related question. So he says, first I'll preface this by saying, well, that I am, uh, someone who struggles to open and close the collapsible steps tool at work. I think the Brompton bicycles seem to be convenient and fun and definitely have their place in the world of bikes. And that, that is true. Um, true. so Doug goes on to say he's concerned uh, about the, uh, Brompton, the tone that Tim had about the Brompton e-bikes, uh, that he was talking about. And, uh, and that he couldn't find a, 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 a E. Brompton anywhere online. And I don't know if Tim knows what he's talking about necessarily. He may just default Brompton for any folding bike. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah. the crux of the question here is: Are these bikes are E. Folding bikes Autobots or Decepticons? Oh, Autobots or Decepticons. So. 
Wait, some further details. How about this? Okay. Um, I'm asking you for your help uh, to make an educated guess based on Tim's personality traits. Okay. Is Tim more of a heroic kind of guy, which would likely indicate that the E. Brompton are Autobots? Or is he a sinister Decepticon kind of person <laughs> who would abandon lifelong friends in need somewhere in the woods of northwestern Wisconsin <laughs> only to claim an ill-gotten victory in a mountain bike race? Oh, okay. Well, if you put it that way, he's definitely they're definitely Decepticons. <laughs> yeah. I, was... I I feel like uh Tim Tim is maybe the most uh Decepticon type because he, he presents as an Autobot, uh, but in reality, you know kind of a Decepticon. Decepticon. Because um, this this uh Ill-fated uh, uh, ride in the woods is ill-gotten victory, obviously referring to the Schwamigan uh, race we all did, where Tim rode away in the neutral section, attacking us uh, when we when you had a flat tire and I was just uh, trying to follow the rules. Um, <laughs> very, very unfair. Uh, I don't know how he didn't get disqualified, um, but uh, still up, still a contentious result. Disqualified. Well, I'll say in his defense, I did have many, many flats that day. More, well, more flats than I probably would have been willing to wait for, but yes. Um, he was so far in front of us that he never knew that you flatted more than one time. No, didn't even know about the other ones. <laughs> yeah. A different I would say, yeah, Tim, anything Tim uh, related is going to be Decepticon uh, folding e-bike, but in general... I'm going to say there's more Autobots than Decepticons out there um, because uh, folding bikes in general just uh, seem, like I said, kind of convenient. Um, yeah, I, I don't can know. Get I don't know more what more behind, to say about that. I get more behind folding, folding e-bikes than I can get behind e-bikes. I saw a guy full kit, like e-bike road bike the other day. Uh, blast through an intersection and he had to have been going like 40 miles an hour. It was just crazy how fast he was going. That's awesome. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. It was uphill. Uh, it, at that point, I mean, I might even start becoming the kind of person who's like, uh, feels like bikes have to stop at lights. As, <laughs> currently I don't care, but if you're going 40 miles an hour, man, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I think I might just be old, old and grumpy. Yeah, it sounds like it. All right. We got another one here. Uh, this one came in via Twitter uh, from Daniel. Uh, this is a good question. This is a deep question. It's a very simple, short question, but it's got a lot of layers to it, little guy, and we're going to have to figure this out. Okay. Is Kate Courtney wasting her talent by not racing cyclocross? Uh, well, mm, uh. I mean, is is Kate Courtney the my, the Matthew Vanderpool that we need uh, on the women's side? Um, maybe, but I think we kind of already have a lot. We almost have a lot of Matthew Vanderpools in the women's field. You know what I mean? Like we're 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 so uh, spoiled. I don't know what you mean? <laughs> for we're we're I want to say we're so spoiled for multidiscipline threats on the women's side mm-hmm. that. I feel like we hardly even realize 
you know, it's not as big a deal now when, um, uh, like just like Voss or something like this has a great road season and then shows up and, and kicks butt and cross, you know, it's just, you kind of like expect it. One road guy does sure. it. One or two road guys do it. And half of cycling news is articles about it. Uh, every <laughs> online coach has to rewrite the uh-huh. way they train. Every grand tour contender starts reconsidering their training programs, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you look at the women's field and a large portion of them are writing at least two disciplines or something. Um, yeah. Well, so like I, in a I way, mean, maybe, but also like got to take a break. She's got to chill. Maybe she's got some, like she's probably got a lot of movies and Netflix. She hasn't gotten to. Oh, probably has plenty of time though. Life of a pro cyclist. I feel like there's a lot of downtime little guy. Uh, she probably caught up on the Netflix, but I'm going to go a little bit in another direction here and say she is not wasting her talent by not racing uh cyclocross. She is doing a good job staying away from cyclocross because the, the sponsorship isn't there. The support isn't there. It's not an <laughs> Olympic sport. Uh, I don't know why we all do it. I don't know why anyone does it. I'm not sure what the point of cyclocross is. I enjoy watching it. I think it's great racing, but I don't understand why anyone does it. So, okay, Courtney, keep doing your thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's a simpler way of <laughs> saying it, I was going to say. Totally, totally. <clears throat> that makes sense. Um, you got another one from Twitter, or should I jump back to the emails? Uh, I'll... I'll, I'll... We'll get one more important one off Twitter here. Uh, this one's from Bike Shop, uh, a bike shop employee here, Colby Cheesy, longtime listener, uh, longtime writer. He needs to know there's a constant argument at our shop here lately, and it gets quite heated. So, some proper professional advice would be most appreciated. Toilet paper, up and over oh. or down and under? Seriously. Wait, let's say up. How, how are they categorizing? There's it? only two options: up and over, or down and under. That doesn't actually clear it up for me which way we're going. All right, uh, you don't. You don't look. I don't know why this is. This is why are they arguing about this? It's contentious. You don't, you don't little guy. You never pull the danger towards your stuff. You get it away. Go no, 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 no. The- okay, I see. I see what the confusion is here. <laughs> We're talking about the roll on the hanger. Oh, that—that's what they want. I was confused. I was like, they're going for the way. Oh, up and up and over. Right. Obviously, there's only one answer here. Only a madman goes down and under. Yeah, that's just people justifying the fact that they're they were too lazy to look when they put the new roll on. That's all it is. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, mean, that's one thing. I I feel like it's a people go through a phase where where they I don't know if they're trying to rebel against big TP or what, but um where they they go through a, a, a few years of life where they put it on the opposite direction down and under as it were for a while thinking that they're like cult- being countercultural, maybe somehow um <laughs> the way and then they just sort of figure out that this is this is logistically a bad idea and just stop doing it again but 
Yeah. I mean, I really think it's just a mistake and people are just trying to post facto justify their stupid decision. <laughs> it's possible. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad we got that one cleared up. Um, little guy, I've got a, uh, uh, um, an email here from Michael Stone, uh, oh, yeah. who we talked about last week, who had uh, crashed and uh, busted himself up pretty good. He just wrote to... Uh, to say thanks for the for the uh, shout out that we gave him, and uh, and that he's got some some great titanium hardware, uh, and he just has to break a few more arms and legs, and he can get the whole bike put together. So that is, that is some good spirit there from a uh, from an injured listener. So, um, all right, I've got one here from Ivan. Says hello, chaps. Love the podcast from across the pond here in Sydney. We had a tough go at the rugby rugby World Cup, losing one of the finals to New Zealand. That's brutal. I know that one hurt. That one had to hurt. Um. So Ivan is uh, just wondering how much old Spenny plans on riding in prep of the Dirty Kanza. Okay. Will he do more than just his ride into work or will he be depending on uh, the massive engine of Tim to drive towards a podium appearance? Tim clearly has what it takes, but I'll say what everyone else is thinking. Does Spencer don't want another Schwam again, again, love the show. Keep up the good work. And the Australian uh, spring box will be back in no time. Yvonne. Um, First off, my only question really is how much did Tim pay this person to write this email in? I love this email. I love it. How's it feel? How's it feel to have to read people questioning you? It's a it's a little uh it's a little humbling. I'm not going to I'm not going to uh try to uh beat around the bush uh with that, but um What's I think the there are a few uh a few points here that are 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 good. Um, but, uh, yeah, we definitely don't want another Schwamigan situation because as, as we noted earlier, Tim, uh, you know, cheated his way to victory. You flattered your way out of second place, uh, 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 uh ill gotten second place. And so that leaves just me as the, as the rightful victor. Uh, <laughs> um, all seriousness, um, if we really do this thing, which we're going to do, I'm super excited. Um, what, what, what's your plan? Cause see, uh, I was thinking about this. Um, I'm, I like a lot of races. Schwamigan was tough. Let's not, let's not mess around. That's a hard race, but it's 40 yeah. miles, man. Like it's 40 miles. Like it's hard. It's hilly, and it's, but it's 40 miles. Like you're not going to die. Um, almost died. You, you're going to, you're going to, you can, you can crawl your way to the finish of that one even on Mm -hmm. questionable fitness, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, at least going into that was motivated, wanted to train, wanted to beat you guys, but I definitely slacked off. And I knew that (laughs) worst case scenario, I would just drag myself in a little bit. You know, I wouldn't be abandoned in the middle of Kansas, um, without cell phone service. So I'm a little, 200 miles is crazy. I've never ridden that far in one day. That that's no. a real thing I have to consider is that I just haven't done that ever. Right. So I have now to train, that I is think. 
That is weighing on the back of my mind too. Uh, yeah. I, I looked it up on Strava. The biggest ride that I have done was with you, a little guy. Yeah. So it was and, a while uh, ago. I did, I did 117 miles, okay. uh, which is not 200 uh, for those uh, trying to keep track. I know you have done longer rides than that, but, but not, much. not anywhere close to 200. No. And you know, I just looked, um, my little like, uh, Google timeline, you know, cause I got my phone with me at work and like when I'm riding. So I get the little like mm-hmm. Google maps timeline thing. And it was like, it said that I rode 500 some miles last month. Right. So minus okay. the like three races I did where the phone wasn't in my pocket. That was probably all the times I rode my bike, but that's a whole month. Yeah. You know, so, like, uh, I, that's not based that on that, miles, but that's a whole month. I, I could do half of that in a day. Yeah, based on that, you're going to finish the DK200 in about two weeks, little guy. Yeah, I don't think that's okay. I think you get, I think that's the DNA. <laughs> um, this, I got, this is something I got to really, I got to really sit down and actually come up with a real plan. So, you can't just have access this one. Yeah, here's my thinking. Um, right now, this is still just sort of a dream right now. We're, we're sort of, it's not real. Yet there is potential that it could be because uh, unfortunately we have connections uh, to the race, um, which might make this actually happen. Um, but as of now, I'm not worried about training because it's not real yet. <laughs> oh, but you got it. It's just like uh, training for you know the spring classics. You got to do it. You got to start six months out or whatever. You know, you got to like all the spring classics guys yeah. are going to start uh, pounding out the miles soon. The problem is you and me, Tim can lay down the miles. He's in sunny Florida as he's been I know. telling us the weather is perfect there right now. Yeah. We are both entering into winter. So I we have to do some sort of weird reverse thing, but to get to 200 miles. So like, I don't know, just we got to lift weights for three months and then we got to do a ton of miles in March <laughs> and April. I'm not really sure what to do. I don't know. It's yeah, we might have to. It's we a might less have to, than ideal situation. Yeah, it's less than ideal. It's a wacky way to try to be able to ride um, more di- volume than I've ever done um, in one day. I think we might need to get like a coach on retainer or something for us. Figure this out. Ugh. I don't know. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I, I love uh, it, but I, I'm, I'm, I am a little scared. <laughs> I'm super excited. I don't want to do 200 miles. I am terrified of 200 miles. I am so terrified that I'm not, um, I'm trying to pretend that it's not going to happen at this time. But uh, when it becomes a a cold reality, I'm going to have to train. Well, at least you've got your bike all picked out. You don't have to consider that. I don't even know which one of my bikes I'm going to ride. Oh, I hope you ride the dumbest one. I mean, I I know you will. will. It's going to be great. All right. We have a question here from J.B. Hancock, uh, promoter of the Alma GP. Uh, He has a question about the used bicycle market, and he says, I'm wondering, from your years of experience, which group is the most out of touch with the used market pricing? Triathletes, mountain bikers, road racers, gravel racers, cyclocross racers, Messengers, commuters, moms and dads, uh, whether son or daughter's away at college, podcast hosts, local bike shops, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
who's the most out of touch little guy and you're when you're when you're at the table at the bike swap at the bike jumble yeah which uh which one of these when they walk up are you thinking ah here's a rube i can fleece uh into buying this random thing on my table that no one else wants hmm yeah this is a tough one i really like this question local bike I've shop got, i've got I've got my answers. You do. I couldn't do it because I can look at all of these and come up with a different way. Like moms and dads, while daughter or son is away at college, might be the most easily, I might be easiest to trick them to buy a Suntour AX derailleur. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or ARX or whatever. But I don't know. Just probably regular c- commuters, man. But, I think that the the local bike shops and the road racers are the ones that for, think the opposite. They are the most out of touch in terms of thinking that that used uh, three generation ago XTR derailleur is worth seventy five dollars. Where I'm like, what? This is true. Yes. What, what? Look at no. There's a hundred of them unsold on eBay for fifty dollars. <laughs> they are worth thirty five dollars. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a beautiful derailleur, but they're worth thirty five dollars max. Yeah. Ever so. The way I went about this list is I was looking at it and I was like, I don't know off the bat who's the most out of touch, but I can tell right away who is not out of touch. So I started whittling down this list. Yeah. And number one, uh, uh, bike messengers. <laughs> they absolutely know what absolutely everything is worth to the penny and they're not going to pay anything more than no. what the, the lowest price sale on eBay was oh, um, yeah. because – Max they don't have pay is, they, is 10% off. I mean, yeah, they, they're not paying a penny more than they absolutely need to for anything. Yeah. Um, so messengers, you're never going to make a dime off of them. Um, next on that list would be collegiate bike racers. I'm going to say that they also are pinching pennies because they're they're You know, they know they're going to be eating ramen all week to pay for this, yeah. uh, derailleur that they need for, because their other one fell apart because it's six years old on a hand-me-down bike uh, that they are racing collegiate races on. And uh, they're extremely acutely aware of, uh, of the pricing uh, on the used market. What I think is maybe um, who is the most out of touch? I think you're right. With bike shops, local bike shops, used parts wildly wildly overpriced um now some shops are much more willing to haggle than others yeah in fact most of them i would say are willing to haggle because uh they pull this stuff out of the back but a lot of bike shop owners for some reason just don't think that things depreciate at all i yeah (laughs) and it's bonkers there's some good shops around here it's more at the swap that there's a few tables that are are, are 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 definitely from bike shops that are nuts. I'm just like I walk yeah. over and I'm just like, what? You do this every day? Like, are you trying to bring all this stuff home? Yeah. What are what here's, are you here's, doing? Here's a brand new pair of of CDs that are ten years old that have been the boxes faded from the sun sitting in the shop window. Yeah. And I've got them marked down ten percent. Yeah. From like, MSRP. Yeah, <laughs> we all know you're taking a hit on that, but you're never going to, yeah, it'll never happen. I don't. Yeah. No, these need to be, what, these need to be in the $15 band. Like they need to go. 
Yeah, well, and that's the, I mean, for swaps, for swap pricing, it's always feels like these places that have things maybe just a teeny bit below or like what they would have it in the shop. And you're like, it's not going to happen. There's a thousand of those here, you know, um, if I walk in and you're the only, and I need, I need the pair of CDs and they're here, I might pay that at the shop, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that at the swap. I'm going to walk around five more times until I find another pair of CDs and I will find them. So, so, We've got uh, uh, another question here. Um, this is a persistent one. I'm just going to get to it real quick. Tim uh, has written us a question both via email and via Twitter. Wants to know where can I get your 2020 calendar? Tim, it's uh, in production. It'll it'll be out. We don't have a calendar. Come on. Um, moving on. We've got a very good question in our email here. This uh is going to maybe flip some some advice that we've given in the past on its head, little guy. Um, mm-hmm. This is from Jake uh, writing in, and he says, I've been thinking a lot about the recent comments made about drafting strangers. And while I agree uh, that it's faux pas uh, out on the open road, I have found an exception to this rule, and I wanted you to know um, if this uh, if this exception tracks, you know, in our minds. Um, so the question is, there are two closed cycling loops in Paris, about three to four kilometers long. And when riding there, strangers join up and draft each other without saying a word. And when enough of them join together, a beautiful peloton forms like a graceful flock of geese heading north. That sounds fabulous. Yeah. And it's sort of an unspoken and free game to draft whomever you please. When I moved out here three years ago, I found it strange. But now, like the wonderful social programs uh, France offers, it feels like I'm <laughs> part of something bigger. And like we're working towards a greater goal, more kilometers for less effort. Is drafting others in closed cycling loops an exception to the rule? Or is my experience a beautiful anomaly? This is yeah. deep. I did, Yeah, I think it is a good is a, a exception to the rule. And I mean, maybe some people view the Greenway in Minnesota as that, but I think that sounds great. <laughs> um, I don't think the Greenway is, but um, yeah, I love the idea of this like kind of weird spot where you can just go get kind of get like a little group ride in and just jump in just like a continuous group ride that goes forever and is always there. That's yeah. fabulous. I love that. Yeah. And oh, I think I think you maybe just nailed it there a little bit. And I want to expand on what you said a little bit. Um you know, when when we set up a group ride in nor- in the normal world, let's say, let's call this <laughs> the abnormal world where this uh, this scenario is playing out. In the normal world, we say, oh, meet us at, you know, we're, st- we're having a group ride 8 a.m. at the coffee shop. And whoever shows up is who's on your ride, right? And you all leave and you go do your ride and you come back and that's that's how it works, right? Yeah. This is the same thing, except for instead of meeting at the coffee shop, you're meeting somewhere around this loop as you're as you're moving. This is a rolling group ride. And uh, because, you know, on the normal group ride, you don't necessarily know who's going to show up that morning. Yeah. And on this, it's just sort of in motion. What do you think about that? No, I think I think it's great. I mean, it's especially good uh, for you and me who have been late to many a group ride. Every um, group ride. The 
the fact that we could just jump right into a group ride and not have to worry about being late is uh, almost too perfect. It sounds like paradise. I mean, I, I, yeah, legitimately really like the idea of it because, yeah, sometimes you just don't have the energy to schedule a group ride or, yeah, you can't make that, uh, local group ride you know of. Maybe like whatever your schedule's off by an hour and then you got to go ride by yourself and you lose motivation. Yep. And you don't end up yep. riding or you don't end up riding as much as you wanted to. But if you could just go out and get in that group ride, that sounds great. I love it. Now, it sounds amazing. Another reason Paris. <laughs> yeah. So I think this. I think this is an exception to the rule. I think if you're on a something of a closed circuit or something of a known, like this is a well-established, like oh yeah, this is just yeah. where everybody rides, like no big deal, and everyone is on board with it, then it's totally okay. Because the the faux pas of it is jumping on someone's wheel that isn't expecting you to be there, that didn't necessarily say think that it was okay, um, and just you know having that expectation and uh, that is that is the, the the line that gets crossed, right? And so that line doesn't exist in this scenario. Well, how that starts though, that's the thing. Like how how that's a miracle. I don't know. That's that, if we could know. figure that out, we could solve all the world's problems, little yeah. guy. But yeah. every city needs a three to four kilometer loop that people just bike on, and it's fine. Ah, oh, I wouldn't yeah. that be beautiful? I agree. I don't know how to fix that one though. Well, we're gonna have to get the boys in the lab on that one, little guy, because I don't know either. Uh, but we'll come back. Uh, we'll come back with some answers eventually. Here, um, we have a, a comment here about the racing uh, lately uh, from Matthew Vanderpool. You guys didn't notice, but Matthew raced like Wout last week. Steady Eddie really didn't attack; just rode them off his wheel. I suspect he'll do it again at Euro Championships tomorrow, as he lacks the pop. Kind of. Uh, is right. that kind of what happened, little guy? Yeah, he was pretty steady Eddie again. I, I agree. Um, I mean, I'm still the better Matt, but um, <laughs> it's from Matt Pryor. Uh, but uh, I think, um, yeah, I think he is lacking a little pop. He had he had a, some big attacks today, but Ellie still closed him down for the most part. But he did just kind of steady, steady Eddie. It kind of wowed it. But, uh, you know, he's building back up. He had to put on those big miles for road. He'll be back. Right. Don't worry. Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, we've got another one here from uh, from Stephen uh, who wrote in um, about uh, our debate last week with Tim. Uh, Tim needed a new pro cycling team to be a fan of since Movie Star had let him down for the last time. Um, and he says, uh, Stephen writes and says, Hi, I just got home after listening to your discussion about which new pro team to support moving away from the Movie Star train. One factor that I did not hear you consider was the women's cycling teams. Now, I think you should be thinking of the pro team as one team. That is, the men and women make up one team, and they are not separate teams. So working out which team to support in 2020 should include consideration of the full team roster and what the team does to support women's cycling, not just the men's roster. You threw out Mitchelton Scott into the possible mix, have yeah. a look at their team webpage. 
the team is the whole team, men and women on the roster, teams that are thro- that are throwing their support behind their women's teams deserve better support. Uh, I really enjoy listening to the pod. Of course, keep up the good work and keep piddling and waving. Cheers. Um, that is a good point. Yeah. Um, hundred percent. Right. I think, you. I think we defaulted to the, uh, men's world tour because, uh, that's what, uh, Tim was trying to replace, of course. And the uh, Mitchelton, I, you know, that was my suggestion. So of course I think that was the right one. Um, supporting a men's and women's yeah. team. Uh, other options could have been Sunweb, uh, FDJ. Uh, there's a, there's a few options out there, yep. but, um, the the only reason that I would keep them separate is because I don't want to get locked into having to support the like the awesome Mitchelton Scott women's team and the so so Mitchelton Scott men's team. You know what I mean? Oh man, Mitchelton Scott under the bus. Um, yeah, I I guess I would not want to just uh, immediately uh, discount uh, smaller teams on either the men's or the women's side. But I totally see your point, Stephen. And yeah, I think our first yeah. our first ones to really look at should be the ones that are um, throwing their throwing yeah. their weight behind both because it's true. Yeah, and the problem is is um, a lot of the great women cycling teams out there, the the powerhouse teams, just uh, they don't have time to support a men's team uh, in this economy. And uh, you know how who can blame them? Hundred percent true, hundred percent true. Um, man, I, I throwing throwing Mitchell and Scott men's team under the bus. Man, I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, if what I don't know, you're only as good as your last result. Right? I think they had like the fourth most wins this year or something on the men's side. Oh, well, you're not first, you're last, is what I heard. <laughs> Spencer, cold blooded. Uh, all right. We have a question uh, here from Jim on Twitter. He said he watched a Sunday in Hell on YouTube recently. Uh-huh. When did they stop having mechanics ride on the team car roof? Uh, Would this be an option if you cannot get a team car to let you ride inside? <laughs> now, of course, yeah. Jim's referring to our our mission to get inside a team car uh, at a European race. We were working on the Caja Rual team for the Vuelta uh, didn't Cup, get Japan very Cup. far. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Japan Cup could work too. Um, we didn't get very far with Caja Rual, although the um, Auber uh, St. Michael team did offer us a spot in the team car if we can get over there for a small French race, which we are yeah. working on. But, photo guy, mechanics on the roof. No longer a I, thing. No, I got to imagine at some point in the 1980s, uh, somebody died doing that. Um, <laughs> I do. I hadn't thought I hadn't seen that movie in a long time. Um, and yeah, I remember that. Uh, simpler times, I think, is what people usually say is a nice way of saying uh, we didn't really think about safety or have any safety <laughs> standards or uh-huh. no better or give a shit or I don't know. Um it seems like a really bad idea, <laughs> but, uh, it's pretty bad. I don't know. Maybe roofs be, were stronger back then too. You could just have 45 bikes and seven dudes walking around up there. Which team was that? Was that the Volvos? Probably the Volvos. They had that rollover commercial back then. Oh, absolutely. Uh, little guy, we have another one here from 
uh, Alex K on Twitter wants to know what does one do if a cross race is playing Nickelback over the PA? <laughs> oh, oh, uh, like, do you take that straight to the top? Do you, is there a, a, a rule in the USA cycling guide, uh, that we can bring this up to the officials? Um, I have Where do you to file a protest? Assume, I have to assume it was tongue in cheek. Um, I think you do. <laughs> I don't know. What do you do? Um, I haven't heard any Nickelback around here. I don't know. What, I don't know if I'd recognize Nickelback. I would just know I didn't enjoy it. Man, I well, don't know. I think. Uh, I think. I think USA Cycling does not have jurisdiction over this. So, uh, Alex, I think your first step should be just to call the police. I mean, I think this is more reason to go sign up for a gravel race because you can bring your own tunes, huh. man. Mm-hmm. Like USA Cycling, if you show up with one of those little speakers on your on your on your head tube and you got your your jams going, they're going to make you take that off. Um, you're not allowed to have that stuff on there. But show up to any gravel race in America, and yeah, bring your own jams. All right. Well, little guy, we've done it. Uh, we have made it through all the listener questions. I think we really helped some people here today. I feel like we did. You know what? I feel like we helped ourselves. I think it's time to wrap this thing up. Um, folks can always send us their questions. If they uh, were inspired to ask us any questions by this episode, they can send them to the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. They can find us on Twitter or Instagram at the slow ride pod. Um, always get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Um, check out our sponsors, uh, for this episode works hydro shot, uh, 15% off this amazing little product. Uh, head over to yourcleanbike.com and use the promo code clean bike to save yourself some money on that. Also head over to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to uh, get yourself some Grimper Brothers coffee beans. And, of course, check out uh, the Wide Angle Podium, the specific WAP, Miracle WAP, uh, chamois cream uh, from Buckler Skin Care. Uh, also supports the network when you purchase it. Um, our intro and outro is by BK1 of Rhyme Sayers Entertainment. Um, thank you to him, as always. And... With that, uh, Tim's not here to start the outro, so I'm going to make you do it, little guy. I thought we just did the outro. <laughs> this is the outro of the outro. Hey, I'm Matt yeah. in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston reminding everyone to always wave at all their fellow cyclists that they see out on the road. Even if it doesn't seem like they're waving back, you're, you're doing good in the world, man. Keep it up. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.